Welcome to another episode of Behind the Human. I'm your host, Mark Champagne, and it's my job to unpack the stories and mental fitness practices of people living at the top of their game personally and professionally. Today, we have Jake Carls, hype man and co-founder of Midday Squares, a company disrupting the $8 billion health bar market. I love this line. The first functional chocolate bar, everything a chocolate bar isn't, everything a protein bar wishes it was. Above all, Jake, along with his two co-founders, Leslie and Nick, are building a chocolate conglomerate with open access to their minds and all the highs and lows on the climb to competing and surpassing the largest chocolate titans in the industry. Brother, welcome to the show. Mark, I'm so fired up to be here. First off, I don't know if everyone knows it's listening, but you and I go back a long time to the days that I at least began my entrepreneurship, like day one type of stuff, activities, and I was sitting right next to you. But another thing I want to say is that intro, that intro is, is quite epic. I don't know if you practiced it, but it, it's one of the best ones I've heard to date. Oh, so, thanks, brother. Yeah, especially <laughs> the last kicker part, I, it fires me up, you know, because I don't know, like it's, it, it's, it's music to the ears. So I'm fired yeah. up to be here today and get deep with you. Same. Like I was saying before we hit record, I mean, there was just a, a lot of memories shared early morning, just trying to figure out. I remember uh, you were working on uh, your Kickstarter launch for Chase and Hunter. I still have the sweatshirt, by the way. Um, and just asked, like, hey, like, like, dude, what's, what's working? What's not working? Like, just literally calling as many people as possible, trying to figure this stuff out. And myself, too, like, you were the, the first interviews before this was even a podcast. It was a blog, you know, series um, happened in that in that co-working space that we're working out of Harvest. So you've been there. We've been there together from the very beginning. Which so it's fun to come back full circle, seeing this, where the journey has evolved, and and frankly, where it's going to go. Yeah, Mark. Honestly, like I think that co-working space that we worked to get, well, we worked next to each other on different projects. I think what was really unique about it was. I wanted to be there, whether I was able to afford it or not at the time, because I don't think I was even able to afford the payment that was going to the yeah. co-working space. But the idea was that I want to be surrounded by by folks doing things, you know, doing cool things and different things. And that inspired me to want to work harder and harder and harder, even though that business that I launched didn't work. Um, well, it failed um, in terms of bankruptcy. But everything else, I learned so much during that time, you know, being around, you know, you and some others that were there, it really created this, this vibe that gave me the the momentum to want to continue doing entrepreneurship. And I think it's important for any entrepreneur to surround themselves with more people doing things and not just stay isolated. And that's where I put myself in that uncomfortable zone where I couldn't afford to co-work, you know, to pay for a co-working space or rent an office. But I felt the energy where it's like, I saw you work and I saw you doing cool things. I saw our buddy, you know, Ryan, I saw all kinds of folks doing cool stuff and everyone's still doing cool stuff today. And now we're full circle many years later and we're on our next projects, but like, I'll never forget those moments of pure, just like hustle inspiration. And again, being in an uncomfortable zone pushed me to want to continue. And I think that's super important for anybody out there. Try that if they're going to start yeah. a business. Well, and I feel it in your, you're definitely feel it in your current journey. And before, before we get too far, I mean, I want to respect the, the show format and get, um, get this question answered because every show starts with the same question. It's just, Titles aside, what you're working on aside, all of that stuff. Just like, who are you? Who are you as a person? Well, how would you define yourself without those titles? I find that my purpose, at least in life, is to make people feel something deeply inside. I, I really, truly want to go out there and show the world that, that you can win by being you. 
And, mm-hmm. and I truly try to embrace that as myself every day in both my professional and personal life. I go out there and I, I, I don't care if it's embarrassing. I don't care what, what the judgment is. I am going to continue to bet on myself in life on and follow my gut and get better at that. And I think that I could show the world slowly through the business world of building a new age chocolate conglomerate by being myself. And that's my mission. That's who I am. That's every single thing in my body. The, 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 that's my mindset. That's what I try to show. And I breathe that and I, I live it. So I think that that's yeah. who I am is spreading that energy and, and showing everybody to be unapologetically themselves because that's your best version. Love it. Well, and that's where the hype man comes in. I picked that up. I think it was. I think it was in the introduction for Family Feud that you were on recently. I mean, like, can we just talk about? Like, do you ever kind of pinch yourself to think, like, how the hell did all this happen? You know, like, there's. I know you're still very much like in the trenches, you know, day in day out, ups and downs. But do you ever stop and think, like? wow, four years ago, you know, we were in 15 stores. Now we're in 4,000 stores. That's pretty damn awesome. It's a great question that I, I don't think I do. And, and to be honest with you, I have trouble feeling it. And this is, this is something I'm trying to work on is, is using those little wins that used to mean the world to me. It literally used to be everything. I used to get like my blood flowing from it yeah. to today, like a massive win coming, like launching Target nationwide, which is very unusual for a Canadian brand to get that ability to go to 1,700 right. stores off the bat. But it didn't even feel it. And, and, and I think it's because I'm in this go, go, go mentality where I don't want to stop and I'm craving this addiction. I don't think it's a healthy addiction to keep going. And you know, like when you say it to me, like in that slow, in the slow format, you, how you say, remember from 15 stores when you just started to doing this today, it's like, yeah, I could slowly step back, but then I jump back into it right away the sec- next yeah. second, right? And I kind of preach sometimes that people should celebrate the mini wins that, or the mini losses and, and actually feel it, like let yourself feel it inside. Um, but I tend to not be great at that. And, um, yeah, I, I don't feel anything. I, I, Mark, I don't even know how I got into family feud. I don't know how, <laughs> I don't even know how I, I, I was not a great academic at school and, and I teach classes every week at Concordia, McGill, Western, yeah. and I barely passed. I didn't get into those schools. So it's like, where did this all come from? I have zero clue. But what I could tell you is when you get the ability to play to your strength in life, when you finally yeah. find out what your strength is and then you go full throttle on it, and I'm talking step on that gas. And I have the privilege to do that because my partners do what I'm horrible at. And yeah. I'm a bad operator. I always tell people I'm the worst operator manager. But when you put me in a frame where I just need to make noise and make people feel something, that is where my wings just go. And yeah. I forget about everything in that moment when I, my wings are out and I just fly. So it's like during Chase and Hunter, when I met you originally, I was trying to do all the operational stuff. And that's why I was banging my head so much. Because those are my weaknesses. And some people say, well, why, didn't, why don't you try to learn how to get better at that? I'm like, well, to be honest with you, I'm enjoying my time playing on my strengths. I, I feel a freedom, a sense of freedom. And I don't want to learn that other stuff. That's not what I'm interested in in life. So if I don't, if I don't need to be, if I don't want to do it, I'm not going to do it. I yeah. choose now what I'm interested in. I think that that's where the collisions, positive collisions are happening. But that took four years of just discovery and learnings and, and testing things. Well, is that how you, like, one of the questions I wanted to ask you is, like, how did it all begin? Like, why, why did you say yes to, to joining 
uh, Nick and your sister on this venture? Was it something to do with like, you know, who you were, what you were good at? They had, you know, their roles and so forth. They're just kind of naturally play out like that. Two things. So first off, when they asked me to join before this company was even launched, they were like, we need a third, we need a third partner to come and blow it up. And they were watching me blow stuff up with college campuses, make yeah. throw parties, sell clothing, have the time of my life, NFL camps, celebrities, all this stuff. And that's what I was really good at. But I was also getting sucked into the op side of the other business, which was actually making me very sad and feel very lonely. And they said, well, here's a great opportunity. Here's an engine that's going to run behind you. You just get to do what you want to do. And the second thing was, that was attractive to me, but the second thing was, was my ex-girlfriend at the time broke up with me after four years of being in a relationship. And I had no idea she was even going to break up with me. I was so out of it. I was so like, my brain was in a completely different zone. And I was so shocked. I got hit off the high horse. And I was like, oh my God, like I feel really, you know, at the time I felt really depressed. And I was like, I need something to keep my mind busy and throwing parties on college campuses and doing the op stuff that I don't like. I didn't want to do. So this was yeah. like a great door that was opening. I was like, I'm going to jump into it. And it took up all my mind during that time. And that's where I started to slowly discover, holy shit, I'm actually really good at the, the making noise part, but not any managerial stuff. So I, it sure. took time while I was at, uh, while we started Midday Squares to get to know where I, where I fit in the company. But it, that was also an ego thing. It's like, once you drop your ego from like, you know, being a manager and having to be a boss, you know, the freedom opened up for me. I, I don't, I don't manage anybody. I actually manage zero people to date. Um, and I, I live my own version in the company and that's what allowed me to think, but that, that, that takes good partners. That takes strong yeah. communication that takes ego dropping, you know, not having an ego and then understanding what the big picture is. And that was years of work years. Sure. Hello, friends. Given you're here, I'm making the assumption that you're motivated to be mentally fit. So with that in mind, I want to let you know about the Better Questions newsletter, which publishes once or twice a month, providing all of us the opportunity to slow down, think, and ask better questions. As you know, quality questions are my thing. And this is an opportunity to share the prompts I've studied and curated to help our minds be healthier, clearer, more intentional, and expand our mental capacity. You can sign up over at BehindTheHuman.com slash newsletter, which will also give you a preview of my debut book, Personal Socrates. That's BehindTheHuman.com slash newsletter. Now back to the show. Well, you guys put it, you, yeah, you can clearly tell you put in the work. Like one of the things from the beginning that I was always so fascinated with and continue to be is just how open and transparent you are with the world essentially and your your customers and everyone uh following along that you know this is what we're going through and you know like there, it's not all a highlight reel i mean if, if anything like those are the small um, you know there's th there's fewer of those than all of the blow-ups and stuff and the stuff that you guys have to push through like how did that whole mentality or strategy or style if you will like how did that come up so the storytelling came because um, when, I, when they approached me, my sister, my brother-in-law, they had a chocolate bar. They had a great product ready to go, but they didn't have a marketing plan. And I looked at them and I said, it's a very saturated world, the chocolate space and the protein space. Yeah. Like, why are we even going into it? I get the product tastes good, but you know how hard it is going to be to win? Like, there's eight companies that basically own the grocery store. You know, they own every brand within the grocery store. And 
I went through the aisles. I took a walk down one of the grocery stores like near my house. And, and I, I went and I said to myself, how many brands connect to me in the store? So like, how many do I feel like I'm obsessed with, or I want to talk about, or I want to share with people. And it was like five or seven out of the 40,000 products on the shelf. And I was like, okay, that's a problem. That's something's off there. And then I went to a cosmetic store with my current girlfriend and I saw her obsession. I saw people's obsession at Sephora with the brands. They were like freaking out and like wanted to share with people and take pictures and they were attached. And then I realized that storytelling was the difference. The emotional connection was the difference that food companies tended to veer just to product features and product benefits and yeah. that cosmetic and fashion companies made you feel something. Nike makes you motivated to do something. And I said, how do we get to do that in the food space? Even though it's such an intimate experience to eat food, how can we do it to make them feel cool to have it or feel like they, they want to be associated with it? And the number one thing I said to my partners was, we're going to take the Kardashians, the idea mm-hmm. of the drama from the keeping up the Kardashians. We're going to take the idea of entrepreneurship from Shark Tank, celebra- because it's already being celebritized now, and we're going to show the behind the scenes of that, and then we're going to be an outspoken founders because each one of us have a different personality. And when I said that, it all clicked that we were going to create a reality show on entrepreneurship, but it couldn't just show the good because humans don't just care about good. They yeah. care about real and they like drama that actually happens, right? So that's when the moment came where it's like, okay, we're going to just roll cameras every day and there's going to be some problems, arguments, because we're a family business. There's going to be breakdowns. And we're going to share that. And then we're going to talk about how we go to therapy every week. That was the number the, the number one agreement was we were the three of us would see a therapist once a week, and we go more than once a week now, every single week committed, whether it's good or bad times, to make sure that our partnership is extremely strong on its foundation, but also on its communication. Mm-hmm. And that has been the best investment to date, to be honest with you. And I was hesitant at first. I'll never forget. I was like, I'm too, I'm happy. I don't need no therapy. And yeah. that was the deal. It was a break. It was a make or break deal. It was like, if I don't do it, then I can't join the company. If I do do it, I could join, but I have to actually be present and give it my all during those therapy sessions. And to date, like I said, Mark, that's the number one investment as a company we've made and storytelling obviously was the second, but that's where all this transparency came from. It was, we saw that this is how we can connect deeply in terms of relatability to consumers. And that would then turn them into fans, which when they went to the grocery stores now and saw our product, it would no longer be uh, you know, one of those 40,000 products, but it would be, hey, I know the Midday Squares team. I love them. I, I actually know who they are and I feel them and I can relate to them and they can then grab the product and have that connection. And that was the strategy that we still embrace to 150% today. I love it all, man. There's just, there's so much to unpack, but there's, there's so much to the journey as well that like crazy stories where again, like you must be like, I can't believe it from, from those times of going through the, through the aisles and looking at all these massive brands to, uh, Hershey, you know, like (laughs) offering to, to acquire or jump into a partnership to, you know, realizing that doesn't fit then them sending you a season to sis, like, how do you personally pro like outside of the, the the partner therapy, but for you individually, like how do you process some of those big hits? I struggle. So I think this journey is very painful. Um, I think any entrepreneur's journey is extremely painful. And the reasons why I say pain is because I find that the, the you're misunderstood 
I think a lot of people misunderstand what you're doing because you believe in something so deeply that you're willing to give everything for it, like everything. You know, you're willing to you know sacrifice almost anything you have, both financially and just your human who you are as a human to make this ex- this baby of yours exist. You know, and or thrive, let's call it. And I feel like you know I've lost a lot in my life over the last four years, and I've gained a lot as well. But I've lost a lot in terms of just like you know, being in the world, I feel like I've, I've, I've went from being a zebra in a forest full of a lot of zebras. And I can only look sideways, um, and, and kind of up to the sky. So I've now turned into a giraffe where I'm walking with the zebras, but I could see over the trees. I could see over and I could see below. I could see everywhere. And that perspective is almost, yes, it's made me a better person because I could see a lot of things, but it's also hindered me because my expectations have gone up tremendously. And then reality disconnects that. There's a gap. Mm. And that gap is crushing me mentally. So every day I'm trying to you know, you know, you know, make them equal or find the, the balance of where they meet. But you know, for example, my best friends who I've grown up from my childhood – I love them to death. They're my number ones. But at the end of the day, when I'm at 12 a.m. on a Saturday night, um, having to go fix a machine and I'm so burnt out, I have fever, I can't get out of bed, but I have to do it because no one else will do it. And they're calling me, come party, come this, come that. And I can't be part of those fun moments with them. It's mentally, it hurts. It, yeah. it hurts. And then when you tell them that you're doing this, they're like, oh, well, you know, someone else could do it. Why don't you just pay someone else to do it? And, and it's just like that misunderstanding is very difficult to process. And I always say this, and I've now worked very hard to relate to them on different things, you know, not on yeah. the entrepreneurship stuff. So I think I've struggled a lot, but to get through the little, the, the big hits, I realized that I'm on a mountain and I've, I'm willing to die on the mountain. What I mean by die is not physically. Yeah. I mean, I'm willing to give my all. And if it fails, it fails. And accepting that feels great because I don't have a plan B. I'm not saying I have a plan B, but understanding that I know every day I'm giving my all and enjoying it, even though it's so painful, I, I really feel good and I feel at peace. But the mental struggle stuff, again, therapy has been a big help from a, from a resource standpoint, but also having people in your corner that, that really care about you um, that aren't with you in the business is super important. So my girlfriend of four years has been there by my side um, you know, in good, bad, ugly times to understand me, listen to me, relate to me and just stand by my side. So I think that every entrepreneur should find that corner and keep it tight because once you lose that, I think there's, there, there, there you yeah. basically almost lost everything. Yeah. Just going back. I mean, you've been super, uh, open and obviously transparent on the, on the areas where you're, you, you know, you still struggle and, you know, some of those, those, uh, I guess moments where you kind of numb out, rather that you know whether it's good or bad type thing. I guess just to work on on some of that mental fitness with you, kind of live. Like what what do you think would be helpful for you, knowing your own kind of rituals and routines that could be like one little micro step to slowing down a bit and having some of that that mental space to process or whatever. Like what would you like to try? I think, I think something that I'd love to try and, and uh, we didn't talk about on the podcast, but I travel tremendously. I've traveled for work every week, almost. I'm always out of town. And, and again, I have no routine because I'm in hotels, I'm eating airport food. Uh, you know, I, I'm not working out. I'm not, I, I'm, I'm just go, go, go giving energy to people. Um, so I don't mm. recharge myself. So what I figured out recently as of actually two days ago, when I got home, 
I said, I need to figure something out because when I got home to Montreal, I'm not present with anyone. I'm literally, I'll go to the office or I'll go with my friends and I'm, I'm there physically, but I'm mentally never there. Yeah. And it actually disturbs people. And I get why it does. It makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, so what I have to do now is create a two day routine when I get back from any trip and just, just, just try new things. Um, whether that be just reading for the first three hours in the morning and then going to work out and not having a work day, even if it's a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, um, is to get onto a separate routine that's focused on just self-care and recharge, um, and then get back into it. So cancel everything and always have those things blocked off from my travel when I get back. I think mentally that would give me life again, um, where the fitness would, the mental fitness would kick in and I'd be able to come thrive two days later instead of going right back into it or, you know, you know, just, just going to perform, 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 because that way I'm just burning my candle right to the tip, like right to the tip. And and it's dangerous. Well, I'm happy you're bringing it up because like, I mean, and you're into sports and stuff like that to you, you'll relate to this. But if you think of like elite athletes, which technically you're an elite athlete when it comes to entrepreneurship, right? And you think of any, you know, high performing athlete, I mean, the recovery is, is critical or their careers are, are, you know, injury comes up and they can only go so far. But for whatever reason, when it comes to the entrepreneurial world, for the most part, like it's kind of not seen in the same light, right? Unless, unless you do hit this wall and there's a burnout or there's something, then like things start to re, re-shift and, and there's some perspective shifts. But so I'm happy, you know, like you're, again, just being open and, and real and, and, it's almost like live on on in conversation within the last couple of days that you're coming to some of these realizations that you want to try this right, like kind of these depressurized situations, uh, or like integrating back to like normal society when you come back. Because I I watch like these milk runs that you go on. It's they're fucking crazy, man. Right? Like, Dude, what, it's fucking like run crazy. someone through a typical. Yeah. What, what's one that you've been on recently? And just just so, run them through. So I'll tell a New York one. I'll give you the New York. So I went I went recently to New York and New Jersey and um, and Philly. So it was like a fo- four day blitz of like those three cities, and there was like twenty nine meetings within those things. So what I'll do is I'll go to a city. I'll I'll book any if it's a performance, so speaking gig. Um, investor meetings, journaling meetings, uh, new team member meetings, I'll book all these things at once and there'll be one after another. And the idea is, is that I get the energy from each one. So it keeps firing up more and more. It's an adrenaline. Yeah. And I like to show up in person because that's where a lot of serendipity happens, right? So you get motivated, more fired up when the serendipity happens and you'll end up leaving from 7am till about 1am every day and then just rinse and repeat and then come home four days later. That is what a typical milk run is. And I call it a milk run because the days when, you know, we used to get milk delivered, they used to head out at five in the morning, hustle, 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 talk to people on the go, knock this, that, have community relationships. And they were like these heroes. And then they would get home at like nighttime and it would be done, but then they restart right away, different city or different, different route. Right. And that was the idea of the milk run. And I realize that there's tremendous value that comes out of it, but every time I go, I'm burning myself more to the ground yeah. because my network's getting bigger. I want to do more and I'm trying to condense it so slight, so tight because at the same time, it's like, okay, now to the next city, now to the next time. And this is where the addiction of, of wanting more is dangerous and that where the addiction of, you know, 
being out on these milk runs, you feel at the top of the world, like you're on a high horse, you know, you, you know, yeah. you're speaking at a, at a Forbes thing, or you're speaking, you know, you're on TV and you're like, holy shit, this is crazy. Yeah. And then you come to Montreal where I'm from, where I live, where our office is, where our ops are, where our manufacturing <laughs> is, where there's so many problems, by the way, business model, this, that, yeah. the whole thing. And then I just get completely depressed because I'm like, what the hell? I'm hitting swings from the highest level to the lowest level, yeah. which are so mentally draining, Mark, that like, I honestly, I don't know how I'm still standing. I don't know the answer to that. But like, I think a big mistake, a lot of us high performers like yourself, myself, many other folks in the world think that eventually, I think you've learned this, you know, that you, you're not, we're not unstoppable. Yeah. Um, and, and eventually something shuts and it's dangerous if you get to that point where it, it turns off itself because the body can only take so much. Like you said, athletes get injured if they don't mm -hmm. recover. Same like the football players, if you watch NFL players, they need major recovery because the bodies are getting beaten. Yeah. And you know, I think I used to think that it was unstoppable. So I went on a bunch of milk runs in a row. And then now it's hitting me, man. My body, my mental, it's all exhausted and my motivation's low, even though I'm doing cool things. And I think that. That's where I'm learning what is the recharge, what is the recovery, and to actually take it as something very serious in my life, just as serious as my business is. Well, and I think that's where, like, because essentially what's happening, and, and, you know, there's a lot of people in this camp, right? Like, you're doing it, I would say, probably at that elite athlete level or the professional level, just given the, the work you're involved with, but even just someone day-to-day -day regular kind of job, it's like we put our minds through like a 12-hour hit class nonstop, right? And then wonder why, like, why are we so stressed? Like, why are we anxious? Why do we flip into depressive thoughts? I mean, well, it's, it's kind of obvious when you think of it from that perspective, right? When you're going full tilt, like something has to give eventually, right? So... Yeah, I, I was just curious, and I'll I'll move on from this. But I just it's I just I find a it's valuable for myself as well. And I'm there's there's, I mean, we have a mental health like crisis and pandemic out in in this world right now. That I mean, if there's even one thing from this conversation where someone on the other side is like, okay, yeah, now's the time to ask some different questions. Then you know, I, I feel like we've done you know good service. Um, so the question I wanted to ask is just like if you had to plan a New York milk run. Uh, next week, are there some adjustments there that that you would make from from your own like like what would be I guess Jake's like non negotiables from a well being standpoint? So yeah, so two things, so weird, a couple of weird things. Um, I I take my pooing very seriously, and and, okay. and the reason, <laughs> yeah, no, the reason why is um, because if I miss it. I get screwed. My stomach pains are so deadly that my anxiety levels kick at the I, I, where I can't perform at all. And okay. if I take morning flights, I'm screwed. So mm. that has changed. It's no longer morning flights. It's afternoon or nighttime because that way I have time in the morning to go to the bathroom. And then another thing is is um, is eating. I don't eat on them, which is weird because I'm go go go. So I'm just on caffeine and and then donuts. To be honest, with you from like Dunkin' Donuts, and it's just not healthy. And it's it it it's 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 like I bring teammates with me sometimes and they, I don't even realize that we're not eating from 7 a.m. till, till you know, when we get back to the hotel at night night. And I'm like, that's dangerous. That's not normal. So yeah. those are like small adjustments yeah. um, that I'm focusing on. But then it's also the big adjustment is what we discussed just before is what is the recovery? 
um, as soon as I get back? Is it that I need to be in a hope? Is it that I need to be, a, I have to cook a meal myself? Is it that I need to, you know, read my book? Like I'm learning that now. So I'm playing with different things. I'm trying. Um, and then I figure out what allows me to like recharge my Tesla, for example, yeah. you know, and, um, that's the kickers that I'm working on right now. Awesome. What are you excited for, brother? Uh, oh, wow. That's a hard question. Um, I'm excited. Wow. Whew. Wow. It's, Mark, that's hard. I, I don't even, I'm, I, I'm excited for, I'm excited for when I can, ba- this is what I'm most excited for. I'll tell you the truth is when I start to be more present in my personal life. Um, that's, I'm working towards that and that has been put aside for four years. Um, so what, as soon as I could get to the level where I'm sat, I'm, I'm fulfilled and I feel that I'm present around the people that matter to me, um, that I care about and love. I think that's, that's when I'll feel the most excited in life because I have the other, the business side I have handled. Yeah. It's the personal life. That's just, it's getting smoked. So I need to figure that out. I'm not calling it work-life balance. It's more like, what is my, when can I actually be there and have the energy to engage, interest, uh, want to um, participate and feel good about it and not feel forced? I didn't expect you to say that. And I'm so happy you did, man. Like, it's just, it feels straight from the heart and real. And I can't help but think, you know, it's like something to the fact of, like you essentially giving yourself the energy you give others, you know, like you're, you're out there and, and I'm not blowing smoke your way. You know me well enough. Like I just, (laughs) I throw, I throw on one of your stories or videos and I'm energized from a distance, right? In literally seconds. And, you know, people that are in person with you and and taking meetings and so forth and the work you're doing with, with students, like everyone's benefiting. And, it myself include because I didn't know this obviously post or since we had this conversation, but you know, it's we're all just essentially sucking that energy out of you, and I'm, I'm so I'm just really happy that you know the the excitement piece is basically you you know taking some of that energy that well deserved energy because for you to keep going, I mean you obviously need that, and and selfishly we all benefit as well. Like <laughs> you know we're all benefiting from the story. Uh, the incredible product uh, of Midday Squares, like it's it's a win-win, right? So, man, a huge thanks for for I guess that realization in the work you're doing, dude. I appreciate it, Mark. You know, I, I you know what it is. I get you, that kind of statement. I get a lot of the time from people that I don't speak to every day. So, Mark, you and I go long back, but we don't speak every single day. We, you know, may, may, you might see me every yeah. day on social media, but we don't speak every day, and we still have a very tight relationship. But the people I do speak to every day, I wish would give me that more um, because those are people getting direct energy boosts for me. Um, and yeah, I, I put it all on the line. I, I, I try to at least. Um, I hope I do. Um, and then when I'm home, the only person that gets really smoked by it, that gets smoked by my non-present is my, is my mother and my girlfriend. Like they yeah. literally, they, I have a hard time having a conversation and I feel like that's unfair but that's where I'm now figuring out because I realized that life is so short 
And if I just keep blowing by like this, I'm not going to last. Like, I'm just not going to last. It doesn't make sense. So I need to work on that stuff. So that's what, like I said, excites me is once I figure that full rhythm out or even a bit of improvement on it. Yeah, that's it. I'll start to be, I'll start to feel more, I'll be able to actually give more energy every single day um, because I'll be authentically more revived, you know, and I'll be more energized because those wins in life, Mark, the, the personal ones, those are the hardest, not, not becoming the biggest chocolate company. Yeah, that, that's great. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, but the wins of who you are as an individual is the most important. I can't think of a, a better way to, to cap off the conversation. I mean, we could obviously talk for hours. <laughs> uh, we just kind of scratched the surface. But man, like I said, I'd like to thank you first and foremost for making some time to come on the show. But then just again, a higher thank you for you showing up the way you are and putting that energy and that work in this world. Um, putting healthier yet fun and, you know, actual products that taste well, for example, in this world and the brand and just showing people, you know, what's possible, you know, for, for, for their minds and their businesses and so forth. And so I thank you for that. And I'm excited, man. I'm excited to see how your mental fitness evolves and, and, and what's to come uh, in your own personal journey. Mark, I appreciate you. You gave me life by the by 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 acknowledging the energy give. I, I I appreciate you so much, and thanks for having me and giving me a voice on the show. Um, great conversation, seriously, real stuff. And I hope that anyone listening can understand that it's you got to you got to be aware of things that are going on in your life and take care of them. Uh, don't don't think it's unbreakable because it it, it everything breaks at one point. It's just yeah. it's can you just hold it together with a strong foundation? So I think that yeah, thank you. And I appreciate you. Building the foundation. Love it. 